Welcome to Creative Vengeance. I'm your host, Arne Stach. You're listening to episode number three. I just came back from California. While I was there, I reached out to Rich Silverstein, and he was kind enough to take some time for this podcast. Rich does not need a big introduction, so I'll make this quick. Rich is originally from New York. After graduating from Parsons School of Design, he moved to San Francisco, where he worked as an art director for Rolling Stone magazine, then at a couple of ad agencies, and finally at Ogilvy and Mather, where he met his partner, Jeff Goodby. They founded Goodby, Silverstein and Partners in 1983 and have won just about every advertising award you can think of. In 2002, Rich was inducted into the Art Directors Club Hall of Fame, two years later into the One Club Creative Hall of Fame, and Rich and Jeff recently received the Lion of St. Mark's at Cannes. Their agency is probably best known for their Gut Milk campaign, and without any doubt that became part of popular culture. They did countless other campaigns, of course. I put some of my favorite campaigns the agency did on the podcast website, You can check it out on creativevengeance.com. Some of the campaigns are mentioned in this episode. Another one that I put on there is the Comcast loading bar. I like it a lot. And I think it's one of the few examples in advertising where it was okay to make a film based on a pun. Yeah, I never mentioned that, I guess. But I also always put photos on the website for each episode. This time it's mainly Rich's office and some shots from the agency. I already did an interview with Rich a while ago. I thought it was 11 years ago, but yeah, I just double-checked. Turns out it was almost 12 years. Back then we talked more about advertising in general and the culture of the agency. Of course, I didn't want to talk about the same stuff again. So this time I try to get Rich's perspective on things that are going on right now and how he managed to stay in the business for such a long time. I just found out how old he is a few years ago and... I couldn't believe it. He just turned 70 and I can tell you he hasn't aged much since I last saw him 12 years ago. I heard Rich complain before about people shortening the agency name to Guppy, leaving him unmentioned. The agency did a pretty funny thing for Rich's birthday. They renamed the agency for a day to Silverstein, Guppy and Partners, changed the sign on the building and also put out a browser extension to change the agency's name. I thought I'd do him the favor and stick to that name. So don't be confused when you listen to the episode. There's one funny moment at the end of the episode. I asked Rich about a filmmaker from the 50s. He doesn't know the name and wants to take a look at my notes. And yeah, at the very end of the page, I just wrote the name Jerry Graf. Rich doesn't know the filmmaker, so he just starts talking about Jerry. I had my own theory when I read that Graf was closing his agency and... By Rich's comment on that theory, I was surprised that I might be right. We'll, we'll see. What I'm saying right now doesn't make a lot of sense unless you listen to the end of this episode. So just take it as a teaser. I just listened back to the recording and I realized that I smiled a lot while listening. Rich is such a nice guy and it was lots of fun talking to him. I hope you enjoyed as well. So here's Rich. Uh, let's do this. <laughs> Today is Monday, August 19th, 2019. Yes, it and is. And we're sitting in Rich's office at Silverstein, Goodby and Partners. Correct. Thank you. I'm very jealous of you for various reasons. The first is you live and work in San Francisco, which I always thought is a great city. 
And you've been doing great work for decades. And But what I'm really jealous of is you seem to still do it with a lot of energy, with a lot of passion. <laughs> and you seem yeah. to still have a lot of fun. So yeah. it must yeah. be not feeling like what people usually call work for you. So what's your relationship mm, to work? That's a really good question. Uh, my wife will divorce me if I retire. So I have to keep going on. I love working. I love thinking. I love working with people, getting the best out of them. And then my brain is always thinking about ideas. And I just, uh, as you look around this office, it's all stuff that I work with. And, you know, and this little table that I've, this little drafting table we're looking at right now is the only table I've ever had in my life, but it represents work. It's a design. It's a draft. It's a, for people who don't understand, this is a drafting table with a T square. <laughs> that's how I grew up and it's um, I'm a traditionalist but I like the future too um, I just love thinking and playing and it's very hard when clients are difficult and I sometimes go I don't want to do this anymore but I keep doing all right did you do you still cycle to work since you moved to the city I cycle every day uh Today, because my back hurt, I was just worked really hard this weekend, raced. Uh, I didn't race, but I rode really hard. I have my electric bike outside, and that's a cheater bike because it's like a motorcycle. <laughs> but mostly I ride every day. Great. Yeah. yeah. So besides work, uh, you love cycling, you love art. Yes. And how do you make time uh, yes. for your hobbies besides work? I do believe people should have uh, three things in balance. They should have... Family life, business life, and sport. And you try to keep those in balance. I have all of those things. And uh, sometimes when work is too hard or painful, I get out and I ride the bike and things are beautiful again. Or you go home and you're with your family and that's great. And then you want to leave that and go to work. And then, so you, it's a balance. And I, I somehow found a way to do that. Yeah, makes sense. Well, I force myself to do that, by the way. When people say they don't have time for it, uh, bullshit. Yeah, you, you got to make time. time, yeah. You just do it. What time do you get up in the morning? Five. And Felix, my cat, which uh, I used to have a painting of Felix around here. Um, Felix says, five o'clock, get up. All right. And we do. <laughs> It's good to have a cat like that. Yeah, <laughs> he's a good clock. Great. Also, you are very committed to the MoMA, I guess, together with your wife. So yeah. what is your role there? Well, Carla, my wife, uh, is on the board. and But it's less about being part of SF MoMA than to be part of what's going on in the world. Okay, So we did start with photography. We've gone into uh, painting and sculpture, but it's mainly Carla. I love the arts, but I, I love... Um, I don't like to draw from advertising. I like to draw from films mm. and, and, and actually what's going on in current events. I believe people should read the newspaper instead of trying to find one story on the internet. You should in depth find out what's happening in the world, be good citizens of the world, know what's going on in the art world. That whole balance is what makes people interesting. Jeff Goodby, my partner, does all these... Oh, that was my very loud... Um, Computer. Um, we both are students of the world. And I think that's important. We didn't go to advertising school. There was no such thing. You know, I was a designer. He went to journalism. And we just like things that are happening in the world and, and fill ourselves up that way. And so when we look at advertising, it's drawn from 
things like art and music and popular culture. Mm -hmm. So I believe you still read the New York Times every morning. Every morning, every page. And if I skip an article, I feel guilty. All right. But lately, I cannot read any more about Trump. I can't do it. I just turn the page. And that's a new thing for me, and I don't like it. Uh, okay, because I wanted to ask you, since yes. I know some people who don't look at the news anymore because yeah. they don't want to know what's all the crazy stuff that is going on in the world. Well, you've got to know. I mean, in Germany, the right wing is coming uh, forward. In America, the right wing is coming forward. In England, the right wing is coming forward. We've got to know what's going on in the world. This cannot be. We, we, we should be marching in the streets, you know. Last, this weekend was uh, Woodstock at 50. Wow. And, um, you know, there was a time when I grew up when young people felt they could change the world. And I do believe that not enough young people <laughs> are marching in the streets. Look at Hong Kong right now. A million people in the streets. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm a little worried about them. <laughs> but, you know, we, we're citizens. We, should, we, we shouldn't put up with things that aren't right. Yeah. And you, you also created a campaign for Hillary. and or uh, was it, I don't know if it was for Hillary or against Trump. Yeah, we did stuff. You know, I actually was very naive, like everyone else in the liberal world here, that uh, Hillary was a slam dunk. And I mean, the New York Times, I think, said it was 90% done. She's going to win. And we didn't see it. We just didn't see it. And so all the stuff we were doing and other people, it, it, didn't, it didn't connect. It only connected to people that, that we knew. And we didn't know about this undercurrent. We didn't. Yeah. Make America Great Again was such a joke to us. I mean, I'm sorry because I know I'm talking to a German here, but when Hitler was coming to power, he was a joke. Then he became not a joke. And that's what we got with Trump. I'm not saying he's killing millions of people, but he has values that are not American. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think when you saw the results of the election? Did you, oh, so you didn't see it coming, right? Oh, my God. I was in bed because, of, you know, because the California and, the, and we, when, when he took Florida, that was it. He was going to be president of the United States. How do you tell a little girl that the president of the United States is this gross man? How do you mm. do that? It's really tough. So anyway, all right, let's fight the good fight. Yes, we did stuff for Hillary. It wasn't effective because we we're talking to ourselves. The election's coming up again. I'm a little exhausted by political advertising. I don't believe politicians should be asking for money. I don't think there should be ads on TV. It's a waste of money. Hundreds of millions of dollars, which we could save people's lives, and we're using it for a commercial. There is where our business is screwed. Yeah. And also, you created what I would call, it's, it's, the cl it's a classic campaign, it's a film, and that is not the way that Trump has won. He yeah. won with all the data, the targeting, so that's yeah. pretty hard, and I... Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe um, uh, in order to, to defeat a guy like him, you need to change the tools. Or we need to change the tools, maybe. Well, we, okay, in America, there's this very weird thing. It's called the Electoral College. So our forefathers, you know, whoever they were, I don't think they were my forefathers, but they didn't trust the public. So they had the public vote, which Hillary won by three million votes. I think at least three million. 
But he won the Electoral College, which means each state gets to vote on their own. Mm. So he won. He didn't cheat, but it's not something we were used to. We had never seen it before. You seem to do a lot of pro bono work for causes that oh. are really within what, what surrounds you. So stuff that right. you really have to deal with. It's right. not, it does not seem to me like what I see in other agencies where they think, okay, what could we possibly do to win an award? I know. You know? I know. So what, what yeah. you're doing seems to affect you. Uh, and well, it's funny. I, I, uh, we got this amazing award at Cannes, you know, uh, and um, the Lion of St. Mark. And, but I used to make fun of Cannes. So thank you, Cannes, for giving us this. At the same time, <laughs> every agency wants to win an award so badly that they'll come up with some kind of pro bono, you know, idea to win an award. I'm not against that, but I, but I, I wish that we put more energy to the paying clients because that's really hard. Anyway, these guys just came up with this idea, not a gun, and it's going to be launched very soon. And it's, um, uh, sadly, African-American men, boys, running from the police with candy in their hand, which the police are certain there is a gun, and they get shot. Mm -hmm. So not a gun is a hand holding a bag of um, Skittles-type candies or uh, a candy bar that looks like a gun, And it's just a candy bar. Now, sadly, that's happened in America. And they don't, they, they, they shoot first and then ask questions second. So we're working on not a gun, which is very powerful. Um, I just want a balance in the company. I want us to do great work and then do pro bono work that's uh, in our heart. But I think, I think we want to give back to society. We've had a, a good life and we will continue balancing that. Mm. I know you've always been very critical about awards, like you just said. And yes. last time I was here, you oh, had um, all the awards in those shelves um, in the lobby. Oh, that's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. Now there's They're photos. Gone. There's photos of uh, people working here. And so does it mean you have become less excited about awards? No, you have to win awards because you have to hire the best people. And the best people want to win awards. And I want them to win awards. And I want the agency to be relevant so you win awards and they say, okay, that com the company still has it. That's why I like it, but I don't want to start the, this, um, I don't want to have to come up with this, the idea for the client by winning the award first. The, the award should come because the work is brilliant. And I do admire companies like Wyden and Kennedy for consistently good work. And I'm very jealous, and, um, that, but that fuels me And uh, I don't like to lose, so we, just, we keep going. The Bay Area has changed a lot in the last years. Mm. And um, you are very dedicated to the city, and you are also yes. on, the, on the Golden Gate. Well, I was. I mean, I got, uh, that was on the Golden Gate National Recreation Area, which I renamed the Golden Gate National Parks. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, for 15 years, uh, I care about the city. I've given to the city. The city, since you've been here, sadly, because it's so expensive to live here because of uh, Silicon Valley and the, val and, and the prices, uh, the salaries they can give people, the city hasn't been able to deal with it yet. The traffic is terrible. It's really dirty. Homeless people who have no money are living here, and no one's figured it out yet. And I, I don't think we have a good mayor. 
but I want it to be, and I won't give up, and we will get it right eventually. How has that affected you as an agency, especially when it comes to recruiting people? Um, up until last year, no problem, but now it's cheaper in some cases to live in New York City. Now, wow. that's an amazing statement, because wow. if you want a lot of talent, it's usually coming out of New York. And uh, it's a great city, and I have an apartment there, and I never want to give up New York, but I don't want to live there. So we have opened a small office in New York, and it's just we don't make a big deal out of it, and it's just growing. Maybe there's 10 people, and we have more more work going on to there. So we will be probably a bi-coastal con uh, company, uh, but always fueled out of San Francisco. Yeah. Do you lose some talent that goes now to tech companies also? Has that changed? Um, we have lost people f to these tech companies because they can charge a lot. Uh, they can they can give a great salary, but then they get whew, after a while you get tired of being in the same company doing the same thing, or nothing gets done. So a few companies like Apple do consistently good work. I don't see stuff from Google consistently. I don't see things from Facebook, um, Uber. Yes, so we've lost people for there. Uh, for those companies, but I don't think they're that happy. Mm. Yeah, because in an ad agency, you can deal with a new problem every day, right? Every day is a new problem. And the people, okay, we admire creatives. We, we have a lot of fun. I think in companies, when you're inside a company, it's very different. It's very quiet. It's just no, uh, you know, we have dogs and people are yelling and it's just different. Yeah. Just... Thing that happened to me sometimes people not really in advertising mm -hmm. when they talk to you and know you're a designer you're an art director they say ah so you're the guy who makes the stuff look good or beautiful and so the writers are the guys who are coming up with ideas Has that's that happened a pretty to you? old statement i don't know if that's true anymore um well i believe that um it's funny a company like apple and steve jobs is not around anymore but he proved that Great design is just as inherently important as the, as the product, and it goes hand in hand. And I think maybe America has been slow on the upkeep that great design is part of the whole idea, okay? Where I think in Germany and Switzerland and, you know, maybe the Bauhaus, which I think was a remarkable time, that timeless design is so important, um, I believe that. So I don't, I believe that design is just as important as the writing, but I don't even separate it anymore. Yeah. I, some, I get back to those people sometimes just as a joke, because I know it's not true where I say, Hey, I'm an art director. So I come up with the ideas and the writer just writes the headline for my <laughs> idea, which well, is totally not true at all. Well, I think that Jeff Goodby and myself see things very similar, very different kinds of people. But I think we see that the, the, the storyline, we come up with the storyline together. He's wonderful with, with the phrase, I am pretty good with design and it's worked. But he could come up with the design and I could come up with the words, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> When I started in advertising, mm -hmm. there's some guys and agencies that you look up to. And then at some point, Serpa said that he's going to leave the industry. I think before even Bogaski had yeah, quit and said, yeah, damn it, is the party over? And so... Once in a while, I saw a new work that I really liked, and I looked who did it, and I said, ah, 
Silverstein did Ooh, it. And wow. uh, so I think, ah, that's a relief. These guys are still around. So that, that makes me happy that you yeah. guys are still around. And well, we're fighting as hard as we ever have. And um, I don't feel old and I don't feel young. I f well, actually, I do feel young. That's, that's a lie. I, I just I feel energized by ideas and, and beauty. And um, not too long ago, you won BMW as a client. Yes. BMW, see, I, I grew up with cars. I love cars. And uh, I've always had a BMW as one of the cars. I've also have a Porsche GT3, which is about the, the ultimate perfect car. Uh, not for everyday driving, but it's an amazing car. And um, I wasn't going to lose that pitch on BMW. I threw myself at that thing. Like, I'm, I've never thrown myself at, at three in the morning, coming up with ideas and going, I can't wait to go to work. And put that down. Great. And um, they've been a great client, and uh, really honored to go to Munich and and see the the the, the design future of BMW. Mm -hmm. You didn't have a car client for some years, I guess. Oh, we had. Listen, li listen to this. We had a local Honda dealers. Then we had Isuzu. Then we had Isuzu and Porsche. Then we had. Oh, I think we've had Chevrolet. You know, and then we had uh, Chrysler trucks and. F And Saturn, oh, I forgot Saturn. All right. And then we have BMW. So we've had a lot of cars. Yeah. Right now, I'm at BMW is it. It's pretty cool. I really like that idea where you drove the, the SUV in a straight, in a straight line, line through so the whole country. So that's interesting. So, so not all advertising has to be a 30-second commercial or a 60-second commercial. I know everybody knows this now, but the idea that um, Spartanburg, South Carolina is where a German car is made. It's pretty amazing, right? So out of this plant in South Carolina, we just happened to look at it, and the horizontally, if you drove directly across America, you'd find L.A. We said, oh, my God. And that's where the car show is going to be. Let's do it. And mostly we drove it in a straight line. Mostly. That's great. Yeah, yeah it was fun. I didn't go. I just dictated that's what we'll do <laughs> i think trump still thinks that all german cars are made in germany oh i'm sure he does <laughs> so i remember one thing when we met 11 years ago before we started the interview you you were talking about um a commercial where the colored balls were going downhill and you asked me hey what what brand was it for is it hp I really like that you didn't know it was uh, the Sony Bravia spot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I wonder, do you follow the work of other agencies a lot? or No, is still don't. Actually, you know, only about a month ago, we got HP printing again. So since 11 years, we've got HP again. It's amazing. Um, no, I don't follow. But when you go to Cannes, which I, ha I had to go, and you saw some of the winning work, and of course you know about Kaepernick, which was really great because as I've, it's been said, it's a perfect storm of, he took a knee for the country. He said, fuck you to Trump. Trump said, oh, Nike's out of business. Nike's uh, stock zooms. It's a perfect thing. And he did a great job with it. And um, so that was uh, pretty great. And then the New, the New York Times, of course, I love the New York Times, but Droga did a great job with the New York Times. Those two, Uh, struck me as pretty great um, but I don't follow advertising 
Have you seen that Skittles musical that they made? I never saw the Skittles musical. I have seen the Skittles 30-second spots, which are kind of fun, where they, they, they instead of hitting oil, they hit Skittles. That's, yeah. I, like the, I like the spirit of that a lot. Because I read somewhere that you wanted to do a musical at some oh, point. Oh, how do you so know I've, that? Oh, I don't know. Oh, my God. I can't sell it. I've tried to sell musicals to clients. <laughs> I would love to. So one of the things you asked about uh, MoMA, but what we do is we go to a lot of theater And um, I've always wanted, you know, a Wes Anderson type, you know, stage where the commercial is shot. And um, I do like theatrical performances, but not so much musicals. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. When I started in advertising, it was around the time when you guys made Get the Glass. And it's, oh my God, that's a long time ago. Yeah, still one of my all-time favorites. Oh was my God. so beautifully executed also. Yeah, and that was this thing called the internet that yeah, had come out. That came out then. Uh, this, how's it doing? <laughs> ah, yeah, I have some <laughs> questions regarding that. Um, but before we tap into the internet, Get the Glass, like you said, was when the so-called digital re revolution was going on and you were one of the agencies who adapted uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, I that guess. was fear that we didn't know what was going on. That So you haven't asked this question, but this idea of reinvention. So how has the agency stayed alive all these years? It's reinventing itself. You know, now we have a labs and we have animation and we have uh, a lot of um, uh, editorial and sound and music. Uh, we can do anything here. And... We like to play, okay? So we have all the tools to play. And the, what the internet allowed, as talking about design, it, it took graphic design and moved it. And so animation is so much an important part of storytelling these days, and, and I like having it here. Uh, I don't know what I'm going with this, where, where my mind is thinking right now, except that um, the internet was new. We felt we better learn it. And then that's just another idea you know, another chapter in the company. You've been around for how long? 36 years now. Well, so there's always new people coming in. Is one of the reasons why you have been successful for such a long time, maybe that you let people bring more to the agency than they'd be allowed to bring into other places? I don't know what other places do. We hire pretty well, really well. And um, we see the talent in the person. All they have to do is have one thing in their book that's amazing. And we go, okay, you're hired. You know, just one. Then you have to make sure they had done that. Once in a while, they didn't do it. And then they don't last here. But mostly, we're allowing them to be their best. I'm hoping that we are anyway. So you have seen generations of creatives coming in. Is there any mm -hmm. difference today that you notice about the creatives that you hire? Well, I can tell you the negative. The negative <laughs> yeah, is they don't know how to put a bunch of words together. So they have great ideas. But the language, the nuance of language is being lost, maybe because we're a global society and that pictures and sound matter more than what the words are. But I wish, and now here's an art director designer saying, I wish the words were better. Yeah. <laughs> and less words to make it easier to set the type, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some, I realize some people, maybe it's because the attention span of everybody is getting shorter. Yeah. They are proud when they have an idea, but they don't want to deal with 
executing the idea. They say, okay, here's the idea. Somebody else make it beautiful for me and work on it. But yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I uh, we have a whole beautiful design studio here, so we can ask. But I expect the art directors to have a sense of design. We don't. I mean, if there's a failure. You're looking over to your left, you'll see uh, Faber, Castelli, um, Castile uh, pencils. I got those in Paris after being at Cannes. And that represents to me, like that's like, I don't know, 200 colored pencils. That looks like to me is craft. You use those pencils to create something, which I'm, I'll kill anybody who uses them. <laughs> it's more of an art form right now. But I, I, the craft of making things and using your hands instead of, just looking through glass, I want people to have that craft. Mm. So craft in writing and craft in design. Nothing's ever changed. Yeah. We, that's what we're about. Yeah. I realize that some clients recently are a bit, I would say, overwhelmed by the possibilities that they have, by all the sure. channels there are, social yes. media and uh, the funny targeted ads on Facebook where you just see a product without anything else, yeah, just yeah. pure product. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I think they don't really know what to do. Do you think clients have gotten a bit more insecure lately? Well, oh my God, we're only as good as the CMO and the, and the person or the people that they hire under them. Um, if a client wants great work, they'll get great work from almost any agency, but mostly They don't know what great work is or they're afraid of their, what their bosses think. But a bold CMO will get great work. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so they are overwhelmed by all the possibilities of what they can use. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be them. But uh, <laughs> I, think, I think we have confidence that if you just let us do the best job we can for you, they'll, they'll succeed. Mm. I think uh, generally messages are getting a bit, I'm not sure if smaller is the right word, mm -hmm. but uh, they're meant for a smaller audience because it's possible to talk to smaller audiences. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that the opposite of our job? Because we want to do stuff that is interesting to a lot of people. Yeah, so we have this slogan we use, mass intimacy. So we believe because of the cell phone, everyone is your face is planted right in front of that phone. Well, when they look at that, we feel that we should talk one-to-one -to, -one to them. But now add that to uh, mass and a million people or 10 million people think they're getting a message to them, but it's going to everyone. That's what we believe. Mm. Get the right message, get the right, get the right idea and everyone will connect to oh, it. Oh yeah. That's it. So, Yeah, I believe the attention span, six seconds might be too long sometimes. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it's, And yet, uh, what wins at Cannes, the giant awards? Two-minute commercials, two-minute mm. films. That's not fair. Yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> Have you ever had to fire a client? Yes, we've fired a couple of them. Um, sometimes things get so bad, uh, either they're treating our people bad, which is a no-no, or... Uh, we just, uh, they just, we can't get anything through. We just can't because they're a little nutty. And so we'll either say, we cannot work with you anymore unless you change this person or we just have to stop. Mm. And that's, and, but if we do it very little, we have not, maybe we've done it three times. 
I know I've done it twice, but really it's hard to win clients in the first place. So we don't cavalierly do this. We try to work it through. It's very hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but if you then eventually take the step, I think it's a great signal to everybody you're it working is. with. And I, I, one thing that you haven't asked about this, but the culture of the company, I think we try to treat people with respect. Not try, we do. Everyone can be heard here. Nobody at the lowest or the highest is any more important. Everyone can say anything they want. Great ideas can come from anybody. And um, it's a culture of, hey, it's okay to say anything. And, but, but not meanly. And uh, I think it's worked. Yeah. I had the best times when I was working really close with the account people and they were on the same page. It's lovely. That's a great help. Oh my God. You know, the most, the magic sauce is having an account person who's your partner and having a planner who wants to be part of it instead of trying to come up with it themselves. If they want, it's great. If you have people Well, one, you have to empower them to be able to think for themselves and not be afraid of what they have to say. Um, but I think anyone who comes in this company has to realize they're working in service of a creative idea. Mm. Yeah. Has it helped? You? I mean, it's a long time ago, but when you became part of Omnicom, has, sure. has that helped you? Or well, how has that I helped? I think it helped us by keeping the company together in the early days. Uh, but... You know, I don't even know they're here. I mean, they get involved with the real estate and the medical, um, but they have never told us who to pitch or what kind of work to do. So in that case, it's kept Jeff and myself together. And um, so, you know, yes, we're part of a big group, but I don't even know that. Mm -hmm. Before you started your own agency and you worked for somebody else, mm. did you have in mind that at some point you would want to be your own boss? Uh, no, you, uh, I've always had my head down, uh, probably through insecurity. I got to do this job. I got to do it good. I got to do it good. And that's all I knew. That's all I know. And I still only know that. Yeah. And, um, through hard work and, um, there's this other thing which Jeff and I have, which is, uh, oh God, what, what can I say? Um, there's a certain logic we have, like some creatives are absolutely amazing and they're totally loony. But we have a certain, like, wait, that doesn't feel right business-wise. So I, I, I can't come up with a term right now, but uh, we're logical and we're also creative. Mm -hmm. How about that? Yeah. And if you asked me, would I still be in this business and that we've reached what we've reached? No, it's not even, and I don't even think about it. I just think, oh my God, I've got this client, like, Today it's 2.37 right now. And at 3.30 we have to present an idea to HP on the phone, but, you know, through some kind of electronics. Yeah. And I'm still <clears throat> nervous about that. Like, I get, each thing's important. It never changes. Yeah. You mentioned the line of St. Mark's earlier. So yeah. what, what did that mean to you, receiving that well, award? At first I didn't know what it meant because I had no context to it. I don't go to Cannes every year, but lots of people in the company do. And it grew and grew. And I like, wow, when I watched the videos of other people, and I thought, wow, this is pretty serious. And then when uh, Jeff and I are walking down to the stage and 3,000 people, 3,000 people are standing and clapping. Wow. Like, whoa, 
what did I do? <laughs> so it, it was humbling. It was. It was. And I, 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 I don't have words for it. Okay. So do you consider yourself successful? In, ah, or is there ah. anything that you think you need to achieve? Or oh, I never I, even think it that way. I think, what's my next project? Or Okay, I saw the deck for this 3.30 meeting on HP. I saw it this morning at 5.30. Because uh, it was sent on the weekend, but you have to understand, I like shut, I, I shut work off. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know about work until the first thing Monday morning. And I look at it and go, oh, my God. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, my God. This is embarrassing. Oh, I can't do it. So I write a note saying we've got to fix some things, and we fixed them this morning. So it's God is in the details. It always will be. Um, when I said great design, design is timeless, it's because of the details of design. Or, or a storytelling and a good story or a good piece of design you can see you know 20 years from now and it'll still be good and so that's how i live my life what feels right mm. i think you work really closely with the people and some people have been here for a long time turns out some people leave at some point to to yes. move on yes do you um ever take that personally when people ah. leave <laughs> i used to take it personally Uh, I don't as much anymore. I still take it a little bit sometimes. People have to move on. Um, if I feel that people... Um, some people have to move on because they're either going to... They're not good enough here or they're going to... They need to grow and they have to go. Other people I try really hard to keep and whatever it takes uh, to teach them, to motivate them to stay, I'd like that. Uh, but nobody should stay forever. And some people start their own agency leaving yeah. here, which also puts have, a good light on you, I guess. Well, we have fathered and mothered quite a lot of people. And um, I think I'm pretty proud of that and that we've raised people here who have had families, who have families, who buy homes, who live their lives because of myself and Jeff. Oh, my God. And we're, we're messed up. Like, yeah. we're just people who have our own problems and people have to rely on us. Like, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. <laughs> how do the two of you, Jeff and you, how do you work together? Do you work on the same projects? Or uh, Jeff and I don't usually work on the same projects anymore, but he'll come up with an idea or say something to me or ask for some help or I'll ask him for some help. But the company has gotten to a point where he is on his accounts, I'm on mine, and Margaret is on hers. And it works best that way because as you get older, you just want to do it your way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. But I do see eye to eye on many, many things with Jeff. And uh, I think that's why it's worked. Great. I have one question here from the next guy that I'm going to interview. Uh, next one is going to be Johan Kramer, the guy who founded Kessels Kramer in Amsterdam. Oh, okay. Okay, sure. He wants to know if uh -oh. you like Jack Tati. To be honest, the I music? didn't. music? It is a director from the 50s or so. I didn't know him. Let me see the name. Let me see the word. I don't know, but Jerry Graff, I just called this morning. That was going to be my last question, because I I saw. I, I love the man. You know, like he he's did some of the best work we've ever done, and um, you know he. I just talked to him this morning to see how he's doing, and uh, uh, I love the guy, and I think he's extremely talented. And um, it's not easy starting a company. You I you you have to find the right partners. You can't do it all by yourself. And I was lucky enough to find Jeff. And of course, it was Annie Berlin who started it with us. But we always hired people who made us better 
or helped us. And that's the key to this. You can't do it by yourself. Mm. Because I was um, wondering, I don't know, t two weeks ago when the news uh, yeah. came out that Jerry's going to close his agency by the end of the year. Yeah. I thought, okay, maybe he's going back to San Francisco to help you guys. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to talk about anything I can't talk about, but I, uh, we, stay, we stay in touch. He's uh, a remarkable good guy. Um, we've been really fortunate to have some good people come through here. Yeah. And I love to see people being successful. And Jerry will be successful again. He will. Yeah. Um, he has it. He, got, he, he gets it. I looked through the interview from 11 years ago, and Ooh. you said at that time, compared to other agencies who have multiple offices, you always wanted to keep it under one roof. Still believe that. I, we still, we've tried many, we've tried little places, right? It hasn't worked. Um, I mentioned New York only because things have changed economically in, the, in, the, in America, where It's easier to have a small office in New York, but we don't want to make a big deal of it. Really, it's an extension of San Francisco, yeah. and I still believe, maybe it's 11 years ago, the engine room is here. Uh, it's all coming out of here, but we'll have some people living in New York. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I, I hope people Oops. find this interesting because, yeah. uh, you know, just listening to myself, I'm bored. <laughs> Let's talk in another 10 years, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay.